How did it take them this long? This is the title character. Right? <laughs> it's the title character the whole universe is named after. But it takes 21 movies to get to it. Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast, where we discuss the world of film from a fresh angle. And now your host, Robert Yanis Jr. Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast. This is Rob. Normally on the show, we, we democratize the film criticism community by bringing on films and uh, fans and critics alike, having a different guest every episode talk about a film that means something to them. Uh, this episode is a little different, though, because we are talking actually about a current release. This week, we're talking about the Marvel Studios film, Captain Marvel. I keep having these memories. Something in my past is the key to all of this. You know how to fly this thing? We'll see. That's a yes or no question. Yes. I'm not going to fight your war. I'm going to end it. I'm joined by Carrie Jones, returning guest to the Crooked Table podcast. Welcome back to the show. Hello, gentle listeners. Thank you for having me on again. Rob, I really appreciate it. Yeah, so you were lucky enough to be, to be chosen to go to the, I was. to the press screening. I uh, had no competition. <laughs> <laughs> well, that helps. I mean, it, just, it just goes to show you that it helps when your schedule is very flexible. Very flexible. <laughs> so Too flexible, uh, guys. Too flexible. <laughs> we will we'll be delving into... Uh, an in-depth conversation of Captain Marvel, spoiler-free. Uh, if you're listening to this on Odyssey, uh, you'll just hear the spoiler-free portion of it. If you want to hear the spoiler section, that will be uh, part of the main episode on uh, the Crooked Table podcast feed. So if you're listening to it on Odyssey and want to hear more, make sure you go and download the episode for the full uh, the full recording. Uh, if you're listening to this from the podcast feed, congratulations, you've unlocked the spoiler section. Uh, so I guess let's just kind of move into the spoiler-free section of the review. So to lay a little groundwork for first, did you have any idea who Captain Marvel was going into this film? Because I follow, you know, I, I'm, I always kind of call, my, call myself comic book adjacent because I grew up watching the cartoons and having, you know, X-Men trading cards and watching, you know, the Batman movies because that was pretty much mm-hmm. all we had back in the day. Um, you know, playing with the toys and video games and all that, but I didn't really read a lot of the comic books. Like I, I had a few a few issues here and there, and you know, in more recent years, I'll I'll devote time to reading Watchmen or or like you know a Batman story arc or uh, the Infinity Gauntlet story arc that that uh, Infinity War was based on. I read that last year in, in anticipation for for the film, but I'm not particularly well versed on the decades of comics history. Uh, so I, I, what I knew about Captain Marvel, I really only knew from reading stories of that they wanted to do a film about it, about her eventually, um, and you know having very vague allusions to uh, her power set and her origin. So what did you know about her going into this? Nothing. I'm not even comic book adjacent. I did watch the X Men cartoon when I was younger. That was great. The nineties. Um, I loved it. The nineties. Ah, oh, the nineties. My favorite. Th- yes, which, which is appropriate. Of the 90s, yeah. yeah. Since this movie is set in the nineties, um, yeah, I I never read comic books. Um, I probably the you know closest thing I can say is that I'm a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer nerd, and 
that's maybe about it. I knew nothing about Captain Marvel. Right. She counts at as, all. Buffy counts as a superhero in a way. She sure Not does. Not comic book based, but still. She I mean, sure does. now she has many of her own comic lines. So in a she way, it comes. <laughs> she's yep. kind of evolved into a comic book, uh, yeah, a comic she, book she hero. She took the opposite. She went in the opposite direction. Right. Went from television to comics. Yeah, exactly. Knew absolutely nothing about it. Other than you know, her name is is the name of the company, which I always I find really I find interesting that this character that that uh, is not probably well known beyond the comic book community, other than. The fact, you know, other than the fact that her name is Marvel Comics, um, that she is the title character, I think it's it's interesting that 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 this character uh, that this character bears that name. That you know, it's like it's like having it's like if DC Comics was called Batman Comics, but nobody knew who Batman was or something. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so yeah. so it's it's this character has a long history. Um, I, and started out as I believe the movie, you know, the movie mentions Marvel as a character in the film, and I think in the in the comic books, if I'm not mistaken, Marvel was kind of an earlier iteration of this character, and then of course initially this was a male character, and then Boo. well, I mean, you know, <laughs> if, starting in the whatever, whenever, Jokingly. I, I don't even remember when this character was initially its initial uh, version was uh was introduced but captain marvel has a long convoluted history uh in the uh in marvel comics where there were actually multiple people that have have Mm -hmm. borne that name and um yeah see 1967 was the first was the the uh, the introduction of uh marvel the first captain marvel is an alien military officer blah 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 and they do they do a lot of references to that, and like I said, Marvel is a character in this movie. They modernize, they take bits of the comic book history, and modernize it to you know the sensibility that this movie is trying to get across. Well, I was reading they actually started producing it or working on it like years ago, oh, like yeah. five or six years ago, maybe. Yeah. And they wanted to, they actually wanted to bring her out in Age of Ultron. But they um, they didn't want to just bring her out and not explain her backstory or give her origin story. So because they, like we they said, sh- they shelved it. And they put it off to the side. Because outside the comic book community, most fans are like Captain Marvel. Who's that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, that's kind of something that I wanted to talk about because she was before she was Ms. Marvel. Right. And. I think I kind of wish they would have called her Ms. Marvel and named the movie Ms. Marvel instead mm-hmm. of Captain Marvel because we already have a captain, number one. Right. And number two, this the the Ms., the the title Ms. is a feminist title. Obviously, Ms. Magazine. Yeah, Ms. that's a good point. Is, Ms. is the title for a woman who is not beholden to a man in any way. You know, she's not a Miss. She's not a Mrs. She's her own woman. And um, so they even had her beat Ms. Marvel there for a while. And I'm just like, dang, they, they really could have... I feel like they could have... That would have been a better way to display her. I feel almost. like that they didn't do that on purpose. Because there is a character, uh, there is a character in the comics named uh, Kamala Khan, who is a, uh, uh, like a Muslim... Pakistani American hero in the in Marvel comics who goes by the name Ms. Marvel. Um, so I wonder if it's because they're holding on to that name to develop a project with that character down the line. Interesting. It's weird because there's a lot 
because there's such a long history uh, in Marvel and in DC or just in comic books in general that Shazam at one point was called Captain Marvel in the in the DC comics and then they you know Marvel comics developed their own Captain Marvel and then Shazam just kind of evolved into being called Shazam so it's hmm. it's interesting that we're having the, the two kind of the two Captain Marvel movies coming out within a few weeks of each other because Shazam comes out in April hmm. so yeah but I, I have so I have a feeling that they they are probably going to do something with Miss Marvel down the line, either a TV show or you know hmm. uh, a mini series on Disney Plus or a movie or something. Well, I hope they do, but I th- I think they missed an opportunity I here could see because that. she the the movie's definitely about feminism, you know, yeah, it's yeah, for all sure. about women. The, the lead characters are women. I mean, her mentor is a woman, you know. I just, that's my personal preference. Right. But. No, I see that. I also, I mean, as far as the the uh, repetition and having a captain already, I also kind of yeah. think that makes, that adds a little more weight to my theory that Steve Rogers is not going to be around in this franchise very much longer. Right. That he's probably going to be the one exiting soon with uh, the mm-hmm. whole Thanos thing. Whether that means they kill him or just Captain America is retired. Um, and I have an episode of the, the podcast coming up that I just, one of the ones I just recorded was about, uh, you know, it touches on the MCU and Captain America specifically, uh, but I think I, I think that just lends a little more weight to the fact that she's probably going to inherit this team uh, going forward, and yeah. Captain America, Iron Man are going to be stepping out, phasing phasing them out, mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to probably be. And I even saw somebody today uh, tweeted out that uh, that Captain Marvel makes it pretty obvious that they're they're shifting her, Doctor Strange, and Black Panther into kind of the the lead trio roles of the Avengers in the way that before was um, Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor kind of carrying the franchise. So I think any, and the movie has makes it a compelling case for her being kind of the leader of the MCU in a lot of ways. Because she, like, we, like we said when we watched it, she's clearly the most powerful character that we've seen in these movies to date. Even Kevin Feige said it. Yeah. That is how you pronounce his name, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I looked so. it up because I thought it was Feig, but it's not. Well, there's Everyone. also there's it's also not. Paul Feig, who's the bridesmaids uh, right. spy, I love that guy too. Ghostbusters guy, yeah, yeah, one E, yeah, one E at the end of the name, and it just changes everything. I know. How, How dare, dare they? they. <laughs> <laughs> well, time not rehearsed, by the way. <laughs> so Carol Danvers has been uh, is really much more of it's probably one of the most recently introduced heroes. That we've mm-hmm. seen because Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, those are all 60s and 70s, Black Panthers, I think late 60s as well. Um, so yeah, so needless to say, neither one of us really had any foundation for Captain Marvel as a character. So if you're listening to Spian like, but aren't you pissed that they changed this part of her origin? Like, I, I don't, dude, I don't know what her origin <laughs> is. Um, I just, I just, you know. Nope, not pissed about that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, big fan of the Marvel, the, the Marvel heroes I am familiar with. Uh, big fan of the MCU. Big fan of Brie Larson. So when she was cast, I was very excited to to see her uh, playing a superhero role. Uh, what do you? What's your kind? Of, what's your experience with Brie Larson? When we, when did you first come across her? Have you not seen much Brie Larson? I know stuff? she's in Room, but I'm too afraid to watch Room. I'm, um, I'm yeah, sure. I mean it's very it's harrowing like, in a lot of ways. Like like Captain Marvel, I. I'm very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing that they discuss a lot in the movie is how her emotions get the better of her 
And so I'm an emotional person, and the the premise of Room just sounds like a, a torture, pure torture to me. I know she did an amazing job in it. Didn't she win an award for that she movie? She won an Oscar for that. Yeah. So, um, but I'm too afraid to to watch it. That's a fair. That's a fair uh, <laughs> assessment. Um, I first I first saw her in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which is one of my favorite oh, movies. Oh, she's in that. Okay. She is, yeah, I've uh, seen that one. She is her Scott's ex-girlfriend the rock star with the blonde oh, hair oh okay uh, and uh and she's in, she was in 21 jump street she's in movies like don john uh, short term 12 which is a small indie um and she was in train wreck a little bit kong skull island she's been in a lot of stuff she was recently. in that with samuel l jackson yes yeah she uh, actually yeah, yeah. And she Tom actually Hiddleston. begged to have uh, S- sam jackson in this movie with her because she worked, worked with, with him. him there, yeah. And Tom Hiddleston is the male lead in that too. So there's like there's a lot of MCU uh, connections with Kong six, Skull Island. Six degrees of MCU yeah. separation there. Well, I mean nowadays in Hollywood, if you're yeah. if you're not if you haven't played a superhero or have or haven't joined one of these universes by now, you're, you're who are you? <laughs> sort really? of, yeah. You're you're kind of you you need that relevance, I guess. Everybody is either a Marvel or DC hero these days. So uh, so yeah so. You, but you, you do know of Brie Larson, just like the yes, person, the course, activist, course, and all that course, stuff, and which makes her casting that much sweeter for all the the uh, fans, wussy, mm-hmm. wussy, but also the wussy fanboys who are like, oh, a woman <laughs> superhero? I don't know if I can do. This. Why about men? Blah blah blah, and all that stuff. The men's rights types that are in like yeah. throwing hissy fits because this movie isn't explicitly tailored to their needs. I guess. Yeah, 20, 21 <laughs> movies, and, and we're still not allowed to have a female Apparently. lead. Come on, Apparently. guys. Well, now we're getting Black Widow, too, I think. Yes. So I guess let's talk about, before we get into the movie itself, uh, obviously we're a fan, you know, I'm, we're both fans of Brie Larson, the person, if, if not the actress as well, uh, Sam Jackson and all the all the people in this movie. Um do you, do you feel like this movie does kind of mark a turning point for the MCU as far as, I guess, representation, but also... Um, I think it, it 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 does feel like Captain Marvel is meant to usher in kind of a new era in a way, even though it's weird that this movie is a period piece kind of too. Um, yeah. So w- what do you feel about, how do you feel about this film kind of opening the doors to uh, a new wave of heroes? I think it's great. I think that women definitely need more representation in, in the genre. And even Larson said she, and I'm quoting her, couldn't deny the fact that this movie is everything I care about, everything that's progressive and important and meaningful and a symbol I wished I would have had growing up. So if the actress who's playing her feels that way, then how, how many more little girls are going to be looking up to her from seeing this movie and um, feeling confident in themselves? Yeah. I think it's amazing. I think it's great. And... The other thing is, she is the most powerful of them all. Like, you will be blown away by what this woman can do that none of the other guys can do. So, take that. Yes. <laughs> well, and I think, and I think that's just for fans of the MCU. The way that uh, Infinity War, I guess, spoilers for Infinity War. If you haven't seen that and you want to watch Captain Marvel, I. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't advise that, but the, you could do the, it. I guess, yeah, you can. Uh, the post credit scene hints at the arrival of Captain Marvel, and, you know, I think this movie had a lot of had a lot to live up to in that 
they're introducing her this late in the game, right in the end of the game, I guess, so to speak, uh, right on the eve of you know the second part of this epic story that they've that they've been telling with Thanos. Um, so the movie had a lot to prove as far as okay, well, how does this one character going to really make that much of a difference and tip the scales that far in that direction? And seeing this film and seeing what she does in this movie, I think you're like, oh, okay, yeah, Thanos is kind of yeah. screwed now. Basically, it yeah. makes it makes Thor uh, and his arrival on Wakanda uh, look like small potatoes. Thanos would not have stood a chance with Captain Marvel, right? For sure. So, yeah. So they had to to bring her in, and I think it's a perfect time for the world in general with our, the Me Too movement, and we have more women in Congress, and we have more women being represented in general, and, right? And the fact that she is most likely going to take a leadership role. She's a natural leader anyway. Mm-hmm. It uh, it bodes well for more uh, female viewers in the MC universe. Yeah. If they're if they were hesitant or reluctant, um, uh, which you know, I mean, looking at the the hot guys in the MC universe, say, uh, why say, would uh, you be uh, you know deterred? But <laughs> if if they were deterred in any sense, they don't need to be now because. They will have representation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we do have Black Widow. We do have Scarlet Witch. Um, we do have the lovely, the lovely generals in Wakanda. They're super badass too. Mm-hmm. But sh- this woman puts all of them to shame for real. So well, they're all and they're all supporting players and other exactly. people in movies that exactly. belong to men. You know, so for Thank you, for a lady to to step forward like this, I think is is a is a big deal, um, especially like kind of becoming more and more apparent that she will be, you know, the 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 cap the Marvel captain after this cuz we've already yeah, know Chris Evans captain. is stepping aside mm-hmm. whether that whatever that means for Captain America, we don't know, but um it, it's easy to see her standing at the forefront with Black Panther, Doctor Strange and, you know, a, f- a few other recurring characters coming from the last wave of the Avengers uh filling out the the uh, the lineup. Um and I think the fact that of those main 3 only one is a white man. You have, then you have a, a person of color and a woman. I think that also shows a lot of progress for the MCU, um, just as far as diversity and representation and that kind of thing. And um, you said it, Rob. You said it. And you know, just uh, you know, since we're on the whole, I guess SJW aspect of this movie, um, as a white male you know, who's writes who writes about the entertainment industry and who talks about the entertainment industry. I'm totally fine with Brie Larson wanting more representation on her press junket. She was because she made a very big point about this movie about how she wanted to. She was doing what she could to get more people uh, in to cover the film, to into screenings, into um, interviews with her, and you know, with the cast and things like that. Because she's this is obviously she's not a writer or director or anything, but she's obviously the face of this fran- of this particular film. And presumably her own sub franchise after this, if if there are sequels, which there will be, because it's Marvel, um, mm-hmm. and so she's been very vocal about wanting to get more women and people of color in there, because you know we live, we work in, and I work in an industry that's very dominated by white male critics who, who you know, yes. even if they're not intending to, and I'm speaking as one, even if they're not intending to, can't help but approach a movie like Captain Marvel or Black Panther from that perspective you're not going to connect to uh 
as a man, I'm never going to connect to a movie like Captain Marvel in the same way that that you will, that Kai would, that you know our daughter yes. would, that other little girls going to see Captain America, Thor, Hulk, and all these other heroes on screen will finally see like, hey, I could, I'm going to be Captain Marvel for Halloween, and and I'm going to you know I can be I can have a character to look up to because as a white man. Uh, you know, a straight white man, I've had nothing but options as far as... You get as, plenty of representation. Exa- exactly. That's why I'm like, when when you see all these white males online bitching about Captain Marvel or like review bombing it on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm like, dudes, don't be a dick. <laughs> it doesn't, a movie doesn't have to be made for you, one, for you to all enjoy it, first of all. Mm-hmm. You can still enjoy the movie. I, I'm a man and I saw a movie led by a woman and guess what? I'm still a man. It doesn't make me any less of a man. It doesn't... It make you know doesn't uh, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't no relation to that, uh, and secondly, if you don't enjoy it, shut the fuck up. <laughs> let other people watch it. If you don't want to see it, yeah. then step aside and let other people. I even remarked on how many male males there were in the press screening that right. we went to. Yep. I think there were maybe three or four other females in a room of thirty people. Let's right. say. And how many of those um, three or four females were? Actually, the ones covering it, not like the plus one, I wonder, too. Right. So I was a plus one, but, you know. <laughs> nah, well. I'm glad I am glad I got to go along with you instead of another another man. Right, exactly. You know, so that you have that, that perspective. So, yeah. So, that's, that's why part of the reason why I'm glad that you were available to go to the screening with me. Because I knew you'd have a lot to say about this movie. This being, as the team behind the film... Even said it's this is a feminist movie. This is a feminist yes. superhero epic, and they were very upfront about that. And I don't know why we live in a world where in a world where somehow that's a dirty word <laughs> to some people. It's just without getting too much into politics. It's just it's right. let's you, just be be open. To even Feige other was uh, Feige was concerned about there being a female director. Mm-hmm. He said that the movie could be made without a female director, but. Um, it was important to them when searching for a director uh, that they consider that. And they went with a female-male team. Um, I believe yeah, I Anna, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. And unfortunately, I have not seen any of their movies. Um, but I think they did a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing that um, was interesting about the film was that she was not sexualized in any way. No. She no, didn't she take her not. top off. She didn't have a bikini on. You know There wasn't even there wasn't even really a love interest or nope. anything like that. Nope. Can you believe it? God forbid. <laughs> I mean, how do we get a whole plot without I know. without a woman having to uh, you know I wonder how the the Bechdel test uh, would would work on this. Have you heard of that? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so for those people listening that aren't familiar with the Bechdel test. So basically all you need is two women in a scene together talking about something that's not a man. And I think most of these, there's a lot of scenes with, uh, with Brie Larson and uh, Annette Benning, with Brie Larson and uh, I think Lashana Lynch plays mm-hmm. her friend um, with Gemma Chan. You know, there's, there's, there's several other key women in the movie and I don't think they're ever really usually talking about a man. Nope. I don't like certainly not not in a romantic context, but like certainly not. It's usually them just talking about their you know their friendship, their relationship, or her Carol's past mm-hmm. or things like that. Um, so I think that was really refreshing. Even not to you know 
pick sides, but even Wonder Woman's movie was had a very strong romantic element to it and had a love story. It, it was it was also you know subverting the normal order of things where she was the hero and he was like the damsel in distress in a way. Right. And Chris Pine played that beautifully in Wonder Woman. He did Woman. a great job. Um, Loved but him in it. I, I don't think you need, in this movie, you don't, it really, it proves that you don't need to have the love interest to make the character compelling in any way. Well, and then even, even in um, Justice League, you know, Wonder Woman is still pining after Steve Trevor mm-hmm. years, hundreds, like a hundred years later, right. you know, it's like, come on, we, we can move on, you know, he was right. a boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Yeah, he may have been a great love of her life, but the fact that, that they would portray her character as complete, being completely shut down for a hundred years. And Which like, goes to and show then, you. And then she doesn't even come out of her shell until until Ben Affleck's Batman comes and, and you know, right. and pulls her out. I mean, come on, you know? She's Wonder Woman for crying out loud. Like, get it together, DC. Well, and that's the difference between Patty Jenkins handling the character and Zack Snyder or Joss Whedon, depending who was directing at that point. Um, you know, kind of behind mm-hmm. the camera, but so yeah, so very we're very excited about what this means for the future of the franchise, the future of the genre. So I guess let's get into the actual movie itself. So this, op- I think it opens. We're not going to get into spoilers, but it, I guess we should just be as broad as, po- as possible, and not really go through it. So I'm going to do my best. Where do you? Where did you? Where do you want to start? I'm with not this? good with like, keeping secrets, so this is hard. <laughs> um, so, did you feel like, without getting into specifics, did you feel like the the film adequately uh, explored the? It's not a secret that it, it does deal with the Kree Scroll War, yes. and we've seen the Kree before. There's actually Lee Pace and Shyman Hansu are in this, reprising their roles from Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, both of whom perish in that film. So I think it's kind of a, it's it's a fun way to tie things back together because in many ways this is a Captain Marvel origin story, but it's also filling in the gaps for an era of the MCU that we haven't really explored uh, because we had Captain America in 1940s 40s. and then jumped to like 2010 or whenever Iron Man is set. And then we've kind of picked it up mostly from mm-hmm. there, slightly out of order sometimes um, with the Guardian sequel supposed to be picking up right from the, the original film, things like that. But we, there's a big gap of time that has only really yeah. been explored in like... Uh, so we've got Agent, 50 Agent years. Carter and things yeah, like that. So right. they haven't really got delved into that. So, um, how did you feel about the way that this film filled in the gaps uh, as far as the Kree Scroll War and, and the way that some of these returning characters? Um, did you remember Korath and uh, Ronan the Accuser? Yes, from yes. I love Lee Pace. I yeah. thought he did a great job, and I loved him in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, he was very, very limited he had in use in this movie. Like, yeah. people going into this, if you're expecting Ronan to be, like, of the big bad, he's kind of on the periphery. I even anything. wondered if it was really Lee Pace right. for a minute there. It, it almost didn't look like him, and I was like, maybe they just brought another actor in just to, you know, yeah. sub well, in a, for a little while there. There's a there. scene in Guardians the first one where he's like putting on like the black war paint or something. So mm-hmm. I wonder if the fact that his may his makeup looked a little different was part of that because for the most part, the Cree are just, you know, blue, they're like blue man group style, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, in guardians, in guardians, he's radicalized at that point. Right. And, and here he's still part of the, uh, the military system right. of Cree. So you can kind we of haven't see seen what, what goes on with him, what happens to him, but maybe the, his whole, uh, 
his whole tangle with Captain Marvel caused him to to go off the deep end. I'm not sure. There are little hints, I think, about him wanting to kind of take matters into his own hands. There's even a moment, and this is not spoilers, obviously, where Korath is, seems like he's kind of almost aligning more with Ronan than uh, the Jude Law mm-hmm. character, whose name I need to find because I keep forgetting Jude Law's name in this movie. Uh, Jan Rog. Rock. There you go. Which do they even say? They say that in the movie like once, like very briefly. I was like, wait, what's the name again? There's a lot of information that comes through in this movie right. that, that I was kind of like, huh? And I've seen some reviews where they, you know, they say that the first half hour is just kind of like exposition. Yeah, you have yeah. to get, get your bearings because we've, like I've said, we've seen the Cree, we've seen a couple of these characters before. But we haven't ever met the scrolls, which are right. which the the shape shifting element is is they have a lot of fun with that in this movie, um, and we haven't really seen like the, the we haven't really delved in delved into the the Kree homeworld. Uh, right. I don't think we really even see the Kree homeworld at all, honestly. In Guardians, we see Ronan kind of meeting with uh, Thanos and things like that, but we don't really get a sense of for how Kree society works, and that's mm-hmm. the whole basis for this movie is. Well, what is what is what is the internal life of the the Kree as a species, and and their you know what are they trying to do in the world and that kind of thing? So I was reading uh, in the comic books how the scrolls uh, were very technologically advanced. They were able to come up with this uh, space travel. They were able to travel long distances through space. And this is not a spoiler because this is from the comics. Right. Um, how they ended up on Hollow, where which is where the Cree lived, and the Kotati also lived, and they had some kind of contest to see who would be able to, I guess, have control over this planet, and um, and it, it, it ended up with the Cree uh, just wiping out the Kotati in order to win the competition, which was not the competition, and so they took over Hala, and that's. Where hmm. where we get them in in this planet? I guess right. I'm not quite sure. I mean, they didn't give much backstory with that. We really don't even know why they're fighting. I feel right. It just you know the I think they they reference how war is never ending and how it's always there, and so it kind of seems like it's the reason why is almost in the background. Right. It's it's either you're you're pro war or you're anti war. It feels like in this right. film um and in, 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 a, in a weird way and i, and I hope that to the listeners this doesn't sound insensitive in any way but it feels like the the kree scroll thing is really in this movie more of a motif and it almost feels like the israel palestine thing in a way like to, as a real life analog that's mm-hmm. the, these two societies are these two countries or whatever are ways of life are in conflict and they're just kind of always fighting in some right. degree or another Who's the, uh, who's the righteous one? Right. Who's who's the good one and who's the bad one? And you don't know. And that's what the whole story plot hinges right. on. Uh, because we're trying to f- determine who she's... Uh, are the scrolls the bad ones? Are the Kree's the bad ones? What's the situation you know, what's here? What's the situation? So. And I think... Uh, and or, or, ordinarily, I might find more issues with the fact that it just kind of jumps in the middle. And you're like, wait, what the hell's going on? That... What is what is happening? What what is you know? Lay this out for me. Uh, but I think in a way, the fact that it starts in media res, I think, in a way, fits the the uh, the storytelling as far as Carol's story because 
she also kind of doesn't know what's going on either. That's the big mystery. Right. That's what you're thinking about, wondering about the whole time you're watching the movie, because she doesn't she doesn't remember her. She remembers bits of her past, right. which they show in the trailers. Right. You know, and um, so that's where my mind was at as I was watching it. It was like, oh, these these two aliens are fighting yeah, in the it's background. A, it's big set, deal. It's you basically know? set I mean, dressing for her her origin, right, really. Right. Yeah. So the, the big mystery is where does she come from? What's her story? And you know we get we get to find that out. Um, yeah. No spoilers included on that, but yeah. So the whole crease scroll thing wasn't really in the forefront of my mind as I was watching mm-hmm. the film. I'm sure when I watch it again and again, you know you'll get more tidbits and and um, that'll kind of come into the forefront a little bit, but. I was more concerned about who this woman is, right. where she came from, exactly. what's it, her story, what's her motivation, you know, and um, it was great to watch that unfold. Yeah, and I think really. the, I think the movie is more obviously more concerned with her her story as well. Um, so you know, we talked about how it, it it fills in the gaps for a lot of things. We even get Clark Gregg uh, in this movie as Coulson for the first time, he, who hasn't been on. In theaters since uh, of the Avengers, Avengers yeah. yeah. So he's been on television ever since then, but uh, as Coulson, but it's the first time we've seen him in a movie since then. So um, he, he and Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, obviously, are in this movie as basically the the presence of Shield in the in the 19, 1990s here with Captain Marvel's story, and of course they use de aging uh, technology in this film, which they basically been. You could tell that they've, in a way, they've they've kind of added those flashbacks to the other movies to kind of like give themselves a, like every time you see it, they're, they're tweaking the technology a little bit more. Like you know, it's mm-hmm. uh, young Tony Stark in Civil War, and then it's like young Kurt Russell in Guardians, and then it's like you know young yeah. Michael Douglas and Ant Man. Like every time you see it, it's like young Michelle Pfeiffer and Ant Man and the Wasp, things like that. Um, and it's getting better and better. I, in this movie, I feel like it was pretty flawless. I didn't uh, when when I watched Robert Downey Jr.'s flashback, I was kind of like, it doesn't l- exactly look right. But right. I never had those thoughts in this movie. Right. Um, Colson maybe, but Fury, no, never once. I mean, I just he kind of looked like Samuel L. Jackson from Pulp Fiction to me, and they, right. you know, but without the afro, which. It would have been great if they would have had him in an afro, <laughs> but they did it. But yeah, the de-aging—they're doing great with the, those effects. I mean, the effects in the movie are phenomenal. You know, right. you can't get much better than Marvel effects. I don't think. Maybe you know, maybe some George Lucas, but right. Nah. Yeah, and and I think that that is kind of a game changer in a way because if you want to now have a a Nick Fury solo movie set in like the '80s, you can get seventy-year-old Sam Jackson to play like 40 year old you know Nick Fury and have him be like oh this is I'm just now starting out as an agent or whatever like you can it opens the doors for all kinds of things you can get Harrison Ford to play you know Raiders of the Lost Ark sequel like set that then if they wanted to you know which now Disney owns Lucasfilm so they could technically do that they have they 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 have the technology they should yeah so um, I love Indiana Jones (laughs) well they want to make a fifth one I don't know I I mean I don't know what the status of is that of that is, but it would be good if they did like a retro flashback. Yeah, instead of kind of something. having having him something, you know. But there's I mean, a, a lot of crystal possibilities skull. For that. He was, you know, you could tell he was uh, he was a shit. little 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 older than he needed to be, and mm-hmm. so I guess they did. They had Shia LaBeouf do all his 
all the running all around, the, all swinging the running like monkeys around the and all that. Jeez. <laughs> um, but I think it opens up a lot of possibilities for the MCU specifically that they can jump around and have Definitely. any of these characters show up. And you know, they're doing the Black Widow movie, which a lot of people are—I don't know if it's 100% been confirmed or if they're still speculating. That's supposed to be, I guess, a prequel, which makes sense because she's her most interesting days are probably in the past. Now she's, which she was more morally, uh, you know, compromised as far as being a Russian agent turned American agent, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, so you can you can jump all over the place in those fifty or so years that we just said between the forties and definitely they can know, go backwards, forwards. Time travel is real now, guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I uh, Black Widow's character is very interesting to me. I've asked a couple of men in my life which Avenger would they be, and they've chosen Black Widow. Mm, and I said, why? Yeah. And it's for the, the all these fanboys hating on, on the women in MCU. Um, they chose Black Widow, which was really shocking and surprising to me. And the reason why is because she's human. She doesn't have superpowers. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's a badass. You know, she was trained. But she's the most human. And I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Um, I, of course, would have chosen, you know, Thor or... Um, maybe Black Panther or, you know. Yeah. Definitely, definitely Scarlet Witch, I think. Scarlet Witch, Scarlet is- Witch is the most powerful to me before Captain, you know, before we meet Captain Marvel. But right. Yeah. Yeah, so. I'd say after Captain Marvel, it's probably Thor, Scarlet Witch, Vision. Like, those are some of the other top right. contenders. Um, Rocket's cool, but he's also a raccoon with a machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Iron Man just has a, you know, he has a suit and things like that. But I would like Rocket's personality. Yeah, Rocket's put, awesome. put Rocket's personality I'm so glad, in the Scarlet Witch. I, I'm so glad Rocket survived the snap. Because, Me too. Well, I think they're all going to come back. I mean, they are. But, but I mean, for Endgame, they, you know, the rest of the Guardians are, are dust, essentially. And we're yeah, going to get w- Rocket trying to cope with the loss of literally his entire family, basically, right. and working alongside the Avengers to fix that. I think that should be interesting. Yeah. I would like to know why they picked the particular folks that they picked right. to, to stay. Well, I know? mean, I think in, in a lot of ways, Endgame's going to mark the end of a specific timeline for the mcu like we said there's gonna be a lot of the end of phase three but also like it's gonna be a huge changeover for everything up to this point Mm -hmm. you know um we mentioned about iron man and cap are probably going to fade into the background if not be killed i mean he's done with his run but ragnarok was great so i have a feeling they might try and keep him around in some capacity yeah but that was because of why that 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 wasn't because of anybody else but him yeah I uh, I think that Thor, I'd like to see Thor as part of an ensemble. So, like, in a way, I wish that after Guardians 3, they have Star-Lord, they wrap up that storyline, and then you just <laughs> have Thor take over from Star-Lord. And just keep, <laughs> get you know, you, you get, get a combination of Thor characters and Guardians and, like, make your own... Keep that going in one way or another. I agree. Ragnarok was one of one of my favorites, if not my it's favorite. It's probably one of the most fun to it's, watch for yeah, sure. It really is. It um, really is. So maybe maybe some kind of ensemble piece with Thor in a prominent role, if not the lead, directed by YTT. I think that's what everybody wants to see. So right. hopefully that Make happens it happen. sometime soon. Are you listening, Kevin? <laughs> He's not listening, but He's not. <laughs> Sorry. Who <laughs> if you if you know Kevin and you're listening to this, get it get it to him. There you go. Um, so what did you think about the choice to have, I mean, obviously it sounds like this was Brie Larson's, like, 
really pushing for it about having Nick Fury in this and having this in some ways kind of be a Captain Marvel Nick Fury buddy film in in some regards uh, throughout at least the second act. I thought it was great. They played they played off each other well. Um, I love throwbacks anyway, so mm-hmm. it was set in the '90s. The '90s music. I mean, it was great. I think I think they could have made it even better. You know, maybe maybe when we get the second or, or third movie, we'll have even more buddy buddy calm kind of uh, vibes going on there. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It seems like that's something that they want to do more and more of. Um, I think Kevin Feige and the people in Marvel Studios have mentioned that they're they're probably not going to get as big as um, as Endgame and Infinity War as far as the cast is concerned, and they're going to start like focusing more on on specific characters or like smaller groups of characters like i think you know the the ragnarok is a great example of that where they brought hulk in for that and it's Mm -hmm. you know they're not giving hulk his own movie kind of like that's and that's what i'm saying that they can do something like that with thor have thor be like definitely second person on someone else's film or whatever yeah Uh, maybe thor and captain marvel would have good on-screen chemistry and they can kind of play Mm -hmm. off of each other working on it because they're both cosmic characters i would definitely like to see captain marvel and dr strange interact exactly i think that would be good for sure. Yeah. So yeah. I think we're going to see more like those little sections, sectioning off yeah. of characters. Infinity War production was huge. I know. So I'm sure for their budgets, it's probably better if they, <laughs> if they don't go that for route their budgets, again. But it's also like, as far as, you know, I love Infinity War and uh, that's a great movie, but it's also in a lot of ways, it doesn't really, it doesn't really feel like, a sp- like it has any really, any main characters. It's really, it's mm-hmm. Thanos is kind of the main character in he a weird is, way. He is, But it, it's, like I could see a lot of people criticizing that movie because it does feel like, uh, it does feel like the MCU season finale. Like, you know what I mean? It does feel it like. It feels a, a little it, bit piecemeal. It's like, right. we have so many things going on. You can't put them all together, right. you know, on one screen. So. I mean, you can, you but it's not going to feel like, a, it's not going to feel, it doesn't feel like a standalone. Like you could never right. show somebody in War without showing them the other oh, gosh, 19 no. movies, they wouldn't have no idea what the hell's <laughs> going on. Um, but uh, not at all, Captain Marvel. That's why I think it's good that, in a, in a way, Captain Marvel is is a, a nice palate cleanser in a way that Ant Man and the Wasp was. I and love that, That's just a really fun movie. Ant Man uh, and the Wasp. Ant Man's might be my favorite. Ant Man's great. I can't say any any definitively because I love them all, but yeah. definitely more Ant Man. Paul Rudd, he's amazing. Yeah, he's great. Uh, so I think Captain Marvel is a nice palate cleanser, getting us ready for Endgame. In that it ties into Endgame, obviously. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not spoilers to say that that the little Nick Fury pager is, is right. referenced here. Right. Uh, I mean, I think if people, I think if it wasn't, people would be pissed. Be like, what the hell? You need to explain. Like, what's the, where did that come from? Um, but it, it's very much a standalone um, film. It, it focuses, and the, the period setting helps a lot with that. Right. Gives it a fresh, fresh and different vibe. Right. It right. Kind of takes it away from the from the timeline that we already know and that we maybe are uh, feeling a little depressed about. You know. Exactly. Losing, yeah. No. Nobody goes. Half of our nobody folks. goes poof into dust in this movie. Right. Right. Um, you know, it, it gives us some bad guys. <laughs> well, yeah, well, they had it coming. <laughs> so it, it gives do. us a nice break from from the kind of the the consequences of the snap, and it gives Captain Marvel her own space to do her own thing before she joins everybody else. I did like the way that we did get a little more of uh, of a Nick Fury bringing it back to the Nick Fury thing. I, I did like that we got a Nick Fury who was not 
not quite as uh, as knowledgeable about like this is his first hardened, encounter with yeah, aliens. Not yeah, hardened, not as not hardened, cynical. Had both yeah. his eyes and all and that. And Coulson too. Yeah, they're exactly. both very fresh, very new. Right, new to the program, perhaps. So it's interesting to see a different side of him because when the, when we see him in all the other movies. He's he seems to like know everything, have all the answers, have all the mm-hmm. information, always like one step ahead of everybody. Uh, and this is kind of him when he's a little more green, um, you know, before he's thrust into and this softer, world of heroes. Softer, yeah. squishier. Yeah. You're going to be surprised, actually, <laughs> at what, what kind of Nick Fury you Nick see Fury, here. Nick Fury's got a nice singing voice at one point, too, which I think is, is, a, is, a, nice, is a nice way of letting... I think letting Sam Jackson having a little more fun with this, like I'm sure it's fun to play Nick Fury in general, but he yeah. actually gets to put, it feels like he gets to put a little more of his own personality in it. Cause Sam Jackson seems like a very, like very Definitely. fun person to be around. Very like affable in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah. I really got a Pulp Fiction vibe from him where he, he's, you know, he's doing this tough job, but he's doing it with just a, with a Royale with cheese kind yeah, of yeah. sense, you know, to him. Um, we also find out about his eye. We do. What, do you, what did you think? What did you think about that? Uh, that reveal, the way that they do that, because I mean, I could see, I can see some I people being annoyed about that. I need a little bit more information on that. I'm yeah. still. Um, well, you'll you'll find out, gentle listeners. You'll find out. The original Nick Fury lost his eye to a grenade. Mm-hmm. So this is not how it no. goes down with this <laughs> Nick Fury. All. So. Uh, prepare yourself for that if you were if you thought you were going to get a uh, lower really lower your, yeah lower your expectations lower if you, if you expect it to be like in a blaze of glory make them lighter make them more fun and, right and you won't be disappointed I mean people shouldn't have expectations when they go into a movie anyway True. I mean I I ruined um, I ruined Inception with that I had the whole movie played out for myself and oh, how geez. it was going to end and it didn't end that way and I was just like this movie sucks do you still that's think because it sucks I had or... expectations. Really? I would have wrote it completely differently. <laughs> if you you're know. seeing, you hear that, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> you, if you're ever looking to remake Inception, Carrie, get Carrie's number. I'm here for you, buddy. Yeah, I'm exactly. here. Exactly. There you go. Um, he also, actually, Chris Nolan also uh, produced Man of Steel, so maybe he can make an introduction to Henry Cavill. Oh. So there you go. Oh. I know we're on a Marvel now, conversation. Now we're but... going off on a real, <laughs> there real goes a big tangent. tangent. I'm sorry, guys. I also forgot to tell you I have a Superman fetish a little bit. So <laughs> Somebody on Twitter referred to this movie as sort of how the Marvel made like a Top Gun Superman. And like they kind of did. She's like military and she's essentially very, su- very Superman in a lot of ways. This is, well, you even know, one her... of the critics that was in the movie theater with us said that very same thing. Oh, really? He said, yeah, she's like the Superman of Marvel, basically. Yeah. And yeah, she is. She's the most powerful. Yeah. I love, um, and I love uh, her her costume and the way that it's kind of redesigned, the technology that is involved yes, with that. I thought that was really cool. thank you for not putting her in some little skimpy shorts and right. some thigh-high boots. Right. Like I said, she's not sexualized in this movie at all. I mean, the sexiest part about her is that she's wearing that nine-inch nails shirt. Which was my favorite part of with the, the whole shield movie. hat. Oh, loved it! Yeah. I love Nine Inch Nails, so yeah. I was just like, yes. And then um, she's got a heart shirt on later on, which she's I got was... a heart shirt on. She has a Guns N' Roses shirt on yeah. at some point. So, oh, those are some spoilers we're giving. I out, mean, Rob. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I think Brie Larson is, is very is sexy just as a person. Oh, and, she's beautiful. And in this movie, just like the fact how, how strong she is. I she mean, trained so hard. She trained here, for let's, months. I'm gonna break it down for the listeners. 
do so. Real men find strong women attractive. Yes. And the fact that she is a superhero, that's hot. She could kick you know? your ass. Exactly. She she's, she's very so yeah, she's ass. both both Brie Larson and Carol Danvers are very strong strong, strong people like, you know, physically but also emotionally and also, you know, they they have their they they're very strong points of view on things, mm-hmm. very strong values and 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 that's, you know, that makes her a very endearing character in a lot of ways. I think that's why she chose this role. She really wanted it. Which is why again, it feels like she's she's a, a, a worthy uh a worthy successor to Captain America in that she does have kind of a similar a military background. She does have uh, a you know, very upstanding moral fiber. And she's very much just trying to do the right thing and just fulfill her mission, even if she, you know, at her image. She's her very detriment. serious. She's, yeah. she's as serious as Captain America is yeah. about about her job and, and what she's doing. And um, she has qualities that if she were a man, they would be lauded. But because she's a woman, they're not. She's she's kind of reckless mm-hmm. almost. She's impulsive. Um, she's a risk taker to the point of her own detriment. Right. And, um, you know, there are a lot of, lot of references in this movie about her needing to control her emotions, which is very much a female thing. And it's thing, almost you know? exclusively white men that tell her to control her emotions. Oh, gosh. Yep. Um, and, of course, you know, when, when the trailer dropped, there was certain segments of people online who were like, oh, why isn't she smiling more? And then there was a lot of fun memes and things of that of people like going back and and putting smiles on like Captain America because in all the posters all the men are just like very serious, right? Of course, you know? there's. And, but yet, it, yet Captain Marvel needs to smile more. She's like, you know, she needs to look, try and look pretty. I'm like, oh, dude. That's, and they reference they that do, in this they, movie directly. They address it directly. Which I wonder if that was in there already or if they put the teaser out and then they saw the reaction like, oh shit, we need to put that in there. Kind of like. In the uh, Paul Feig's Ghostbusters movie, mm-hmm. everybody was blowing up YouTube. It was like the most hated video on YouTube or whatever when they dropped the trailer for that. And then when you see the movie, there's like they put a video out of like a ghost sighting or whatever that they're, you know, them trapping mm-hmm. a ghost. And people are commenting. I think one specifically is, Ain't no bitch is gonna hunt no ghost. And I'm like, all the comments are really tearing them down. And I was like, that feels extremely meta so i was just I, about to use that word so i wonder if that was maybe even a late addition to this movie to be like all right well oh really she needs to smile more we gotta have that i would that almost be surprised if it was a late addition because i feel like the movie was meant to address those types of double standards right. for women and men and um they make a quite a few references to how women should behave mm-hmm. and um and what uh, jobs they should have and and what attributes they should they should uh, demonstrate. So, yeah, this this movie is a confrontation of all of those those uh, say, say those Double platitudes. Yes, and, yeah. those standards and and uh, what a woman should and shouldn't do and be. And she knocks them all to the curb, and that's why I love the movie. Yeah. yeah. And I think it I think it was even though it took a long time for them to to develop and bring this movie out i think it's the perfect timing with the me too movement and, right and and what's going on in our world um it's a perfect time for captain marvel you know wonder woman was definitely strong and and uh you know breaking barriers but she still maintained that kind of acquiescence to the male role as you were stating with, mm-hmm. with steve trevor being in there and 
and how she, you know, how she kind of acted, even though she's this glamazon Amazon. I mean, right. come on, you know. So yeah, if you're for the um, for the men's rights activists and and the incels and and those guys, they're not going to enjoy this movie. And I think um, even James Woods. Oh, Some, I saw somebody that. posted about James Wood, like, we don't want any of those guys here. And he was like, yeah, we'll sit it out. Go ahead, guys, sit it out, because well, you're not going to be happy about it at all. And there was a, you know, there was a great joke uh, that I saw somebody make on social media. I don't even remember if it was Facebook or Twitter or whatever. But um, where he's like saying like, oh, go, we should go, go see Alita Battle Angel instead of Captain Marvel. That's what he said. Because, mm-hmm. oh, because Marvel hates half its audience or whatever. I'm like, yeah, no, they don't, dude. It's been 20 movies of, right. of men in the lead. It's just like all of a sudden you have an issue with it. And then somebody made a comment with like, well, that sounds about right for James Woods. Because he, he always prefers teenagers to grown women. Because in oh, Alita, she's supposed to be like teenager. Snap. And I was like, nice, there you go. That's a Thanos snap there. <laughs> um, Splashing it back to the 90s, too. In a way, I, I think, and then we'll get back to, uh, and then I want to talk about her her friendship in this movie. Yes. And, uh, and then the 90s stuff. Um, but I think it makes sense in a way that it took so long for this movie to be made, too. Because if she, if she was unveiled in, in Age of Ultron... It makes if it would have been harder for them to justify the snap even happening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like even the fact that this movie is set in the mid '90s, it makes me wonder. Well, where where is she now? Why where wasn't she? You know, I guess she was on the other side of the galaxy and therefore unreachable. Right. But um, you know, they, they have a hard enough time now when like you know, an Iron Man three, Iron Man's in trouble. Why isn't he calling Shield? What is? Why isn't he calling up Thor to help him out? You know what I mean? They have enough issues with everybody's solo movie explaining why they're not all together in every single movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I think having Captain Marvel absent in in uh, Infinity War would be a lot harder to rationalize if we didn't if, if she was already on in in play. Like I think audiences right. would have been going to see them like, oh, hey, this is a universe wide thing. Well, where's yeah. Captain Marvel? It's already hard to rationalize. Right? They're already you know? trying to There's be like, so oh, many she's really far. Heroes. You she couldn't like, get yeah. rid of this one guy. I mean, come on. Right. You know, you 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 Thor through the. It should have should have hit him in the head. I mean, well, so. and that's and they've already. I think it was the screenwriters or the director or somebody. This is a, obviously an aside, but this is a whole conversation full of asides. Um, that they said that the reason that he didn't go for the head is because Thor. Oh, Thor has matured a lot since his first movie, obviously, mm-hmm. but he's still got a certain hubris to him, and so he went for the chest. So he could tell, so he could have his like one line to Thanos and be like, "I told you you were gonna die for that." That's why he he wanted to. A disarm woman him. never would have done that, guys. A <laughs> woman would have to... gone for the head, and she would have double tapped that shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah Captain Marvel would have finished it <laughs> off in like two seconds. Um, but no, Thor. So it's like he his like hubris that, that yes. got the better of him in that moment, which is why he aimed for the chest and not the head. It makes sense. Um, it does make sense because that was he lost. He killed. You know. Thanos supposedly killed Loki, who we've seen die a couple times already. But um, is he dead? Who knows? Even if he's dead, <laughs> it's a comic book thing. They'll bring him back in another way. Um, but so, as to your point about the the way that the movie uh, depicts women and kind of the feminist undertones or overtones or yes, tones, straight um, tones. Uh, you know, she's got a <laughs> Cap, uh, Carol finds out over the course of the movie that um, about her life, and then the, a big part of that is her friend. Uh, played by Lashana Lynch, and uh, I, I also thought it was very refreshing that her, her hair, Maria Rambo, that was her name, mm-hmm. trying to look because I like, knew it was something like that. 
I think it, it's really refreshing to see a female friendship where they're not like one doesn't like uh, Maria doesn't like, you know, to turn her in or whatever. You know what I mean? It's, it's just like women supporting women type of deal. Yes. And, I, and I think that's that's uh, very important to have on screen. And same thing with uh, Annette Benning as as the oh Annette Benning was the, great uh, in this movie mentor character I here. loved so, her in this movie oh she was amazing yeah it, the movie definitely I think would pass the Bechdel test they that was what it was focused on women right. supporting women and um, it's great to see that it's great to see that yeah yeah we love it how did you we women love it we well and that's the, and that's the other thing that was the weird like revelation in air quotes. With Wonder Woman, it's like what women want to see women on screen as superheroes. <gasps> Get on top of There's a market for this. How dare we? And and what does it really boil down to that women are not supposed to rescue? I I don't that know. that we're only allowed to be rescued. I guess. I I would really like to know why people feel like a woman can't be a, a hero in some in in some sense in any sense. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's because the patriarchy has been running strong for so long that I guess they feel threatened by, like, we're, we're, we're in charge, right? I'm like, uh, have, you, have you look, have you, like, to quote Chris Rock, have you driven around this motherfucker? <laughs> it's like, we could use a change of leadership. Yes, and if we go f- far enough back, uh, we did pretty much start with matriarchal society right. so and things were going pretty well then guys um look at look at so, uh look at the mascara of wonder woman's home world i mean i know it's fictional but still look at that's a, like a perfect society no men there no, no trouble no until dudes. steve trevor shows up right so just saying we're just saying that's that's all we're we're, we saying. don't we don't we don't have to be you know instead of being part of the problem i'm saying this as a, as a straight white man we don't need to be st- part of the problem. Let's, you know, let's just be part of the solution. It's like, let's yes. be allies for, for people. And that's why I hope if you're listening to this and you're considering seeing Captain Marvel that you see it. And if you don't see it, it's just because you're not into superhero movies in general. Not because you're like, oh, a lady wearing, a lady wearing a superhero thing. Oh, I'm not into that. I'll wait for Shazam. That's my Captain Marvel. I'm like, all right, well, good luck with that. I mean, that also looks like it could be fun. But, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I'm fine with whatever. I don't I care. Know what gender or what color you are just you know if you bring it then you bring it and she brings it she's really a badass character so i'm excited to see more of her and and try to do what she did i mean she was doing two a days for months and uh working out for eight hours a day you know you want to talk about men being the more uh dominant species in physicality right step up to her guys step up to her (laughs) see what see what she can do right you know not just her character. I'm sure she could kick your ass oh, right yeah. now. Well, on the I, I, read, I read that she tried. She did most of her own stuff she because did, of that. she yes. trained for it. I mean, obviously, flying around shooting photon blasts, she didn't do that. But like a lot of the combat, there's a lot of close combat scenes with her and Jude Law, with her and several other characters. She even trained with the Air Force and took like six and a half Gs. Nice. So that's that's something I wouldn't be able to do or, right. or even want to do. I mean, I almost want to vomit just thinking about doing that. So, I mean, you got to give the woman props regardless yeah. of, of what you think about female superheroes. Absolutely. You have to. You have to. Because so, you, you probably couldn't do it, you know? I mean, I know I couldn't do it. I'm not going to pretend that I could do it. <laughs> exactly. Um, and this is a fan of, of Brie Larson, the actress. I think it's really yes. it's really cool to see her 
headlining a film like this and being, you know, mm-hmm. being such a marquee star in a, in a huge movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because, like I said, I've been a fan of hers and all those other films I mentioned. I love Room. I cry like a baby when I watch Room. See, I won't, that's why I, I don't want to watch I spent it. the whole movie just like, oh my god, like, yeah, like was... either scared or nervous or moved by it. It was very, it was very emotional. Uh, so, and the Can't fact that she it. got an Oscar for it, very well deserved. So it's exciting to see her. Um, taking her career up a notch. And in today's day and age, that means playing a superhero. So I I guess just to kind of round out the spoiler-free section, uh, let's talk about the 90s nostalgia. And uh, I I, I wanted also to talk about the Ben Mendelsohn character, but I feel like that's a lot of spoilers. So I think we'll hold on on that until the next, uh, the spoiler section. So Get ready for some 90s music. Yeah, right? A lot of female female singers, too. Did we even have any music that was not sung by a female? I I thought about that later, and we we had TLC, we had Garbage, we had No Doubt, which is is, uh, males in the band, but female singer. Right, 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 female-led, yeah. Um, I think we had even some, like, Destiny's Child, maybe? Um, Mm, I don't know. Destiny's Child was, yeah, not 95 yet. No? Uh, Even things like... They're a little small touch. This is not really a spoiler. When she shows up and she drops into the blockbuster. First of all, R.I.P. Blockbuster. I was right? big time one of those kids that, you know, my there was a there was a uh, just down the street from here. There's a supermarket that used to be next to and that used to be there, which is not there anymore, and used to be a video store next to it. And I used to always go there. My mom would go into the supermarket, start shopping, and I'd be like, I'm gonna go look at the videos, and I'll meet you in there after, because I always want to walk around and just. I was one of those kids stalking the video store aisles, looking at the boxes, mm-hmm. and looking at like Freddy Krueger, and be like, "Oh my god, that's some crazy shit!" And then putting it back. Um, so seeing Blockbuster in this movie was like already like hit, hit me great. in the feels. And all the era appropriate movies, like you see, like uh, Babe and like all these other yes. 1994, 95. True movies. lies, true uh, lies. Even that, <laughs> even that, I thought was 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 a really funny moment. And this is a mild like spoiler for a moment, but. She sees the true lies standee and she like blasts it and she blows away Arnold Schwarzenegger. But Jamie Lee Curtis is perfectly fine. And I thought even that was like another little like pinch of like little feminism little, thrown little in there. Dig, and dig. I like that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. We have a lot of other movies that are go the yeah. other right. Other in ways, Miami, so. we would call it the blockbuster. The blockbuster. Oh, nice. And um, yeah, I I was I have memories from being five years old going to the video store right. so yeah definitely yeah the music the the blockbuster uh the fashion uh all of that was great it the was mid 90s was a good time i i almost would have liked more 90s yeah actually uh, they 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 threw it in there but i would have liked a little bit more of an immersion mm. into it um you know, so, but well, yeah, think, that's just me. I think this is this is a, a good note to to go out on here, and then we'll go into spoilers. There's no indication exactly where a sequel would go. Like, would you want to see a sequel that picks up at post Endgame, like modern day, or would you want to see a sequel that's immediately follows this movie and follows her off on what she's you know her her quest and all that we're all getting into specifics right i wouldn't mind it i think that the way that they ended though that's not what's gonna happen it's unclear it's unclear it's very unclear i think there's other multiple ways they can go with it so i'd be curious to see which, which route they they, they choose mm-hmm. for the inevitable captain marvel too so yeah. um so yeah so we're definitely recommending captain marvel Go see it. If you've seen the other 20 MCU movies, keep the streak going. Uh, She's a really fun character. And I think uh, 
a beacon to what's going to come next for these uh, for this this universe. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts, Carrie, before we round down this part and then start our spoiler discussion on CrookedTable.com and the feed there? I would just say get ready for some girl power. Maybe we, we didn't have... Maybe they should have had more Spice Girls or something maybe. in the movie. Well, this was 95. That was right before yeah. the Spice Girls. So oh. there you go. If they have a sequel and it's set 96, 97, then you can be like... Maybe she could go on the tour with the Spice Girls. <sighs> or whatever, yes. yeah. Um, yeah, but definitely be prepared for some girl power. And um, if you're going to get your feelings all hurt about the fact that this is a woman, then yeah, maybe don't go see it. Yeah. But don't go trash it on on the internet for no reason. Right. Well, to the point that Rotten Tomatoes had to change their policy, right? which I was like, good on don't, you, Rotten Tomatoes. Don't, don't, don't make Rotten Tomatoes go and change their shit. Come they have on. enough going on. <laughs> don't complicate other people's lives. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for being thank on the Cricket you, Tales Rob. podcast. It's always a pleasure. Um, stick around for uh, the spoiler section on. The, the if you're listening in the podcast feed again if you're listening on Odyssey uh, check on that that should be posting uh, the Monday after the film's release so uh, this has been the Crooked Table Podcast and I've been Rob welcome to our spoiler section for Captain Marvel and so there are certain things that we didn't talk about on the main fo- main conversation the main focus uh, and it, it's I was just mentioning to carry off Mike that I don't I don't think we really mentioned Jude Law or Ben Mendelsohn hardly at all because their characters are really even Annette Benning They're just supporting characters, okay? <laughs> even Annette Benning though, like their characters are really shrouded in mystery. Like mm-hmm. I think before the movie came out, I feel like Marvel wasn't even really confirming or denying who who they were playing or anything. Like I think in in the, the trailers a lot of people were assuming that Jude Law since it seemed like he was uh, very much a mentor figure to Carol Danvers, which he is kind of. Um, that he was playing Marvell, I think a lot of people were speculating that he was Marvell ah. because she does in the film end up having two mentor figures. So Jude Law plays Jan Rog, who is uh, I guess a Cree military leader. Kind Why of, doesn't he look like the other Cree they, people? I'm wondering that too. Yeah, there's a lot of Cree who don't look like Cree. Right. I think there might be. There's a lot of. The, I think there's a lot of humanoid. Uh, alien species to you know who look mm-hmm. human but aren't hence his eyes and things like that but i think that there's also something to be said for crees that are pure blood and i think the ones that are blue are the pure-blooded ones oh. because i think ronan and guardians he's like really intense about like right oh the pure cree blood or whatever things right. like that okay so i think that maybe he's like part cree and yeah. part some other alien species other than unclear. his eyes he looks completely he looks human. like jude law yeah <laughs> pretty much he looked just like yeah Jude Law came off the set of The Holiday and walked into (laughs) Captain Marvel. Pretty much, you know, he didn't really change his accent or anything. He just Mm -mm. Jude Law. No, it was Jude Law. Which is good because I like. I think Jude Law is an interesting movie. I'm alright with him. He's good. So the big reveal with him is that he he plays Jan Rog, who's supposedly uh, the the you know the Kree military gave Carol Danvers these powers. And I know there's a specific moment that you wanted to mention where he's like, oh, you know, I, I, you know, we, we, you're nothing, you were nothing before we found you or something like that. And, and she comes to realize over the course of the movie that her powers were taken by a totally different source. It was the explosion of the uh, light speed engine. And she kind of, and they're actually inhibiting her powers with the uh, thing in her neck. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. That was great. They were putting a a dampener on her powers. Which is why you're watching the whole movie. You're like, okay, she's powerful, but I don't know if Thanos could probably take her. And then after she takes that thing off, forget it. It's over. Then Um, you're like, whoa. (laughs) So there was a specific moment that you wanted to mention with Jude Law. 
So it's the final battle, and she she's facing off with Jude Law, and he's trying to tell her, like, hey, let's fight without our powers, you know? Like, let's see how good you really are, and let's see, you know, what, what you're made of. And she's just like, no, I'm not going to play by your rules, and blast the shit out of him. And she says to him in the end, I don't have to prove anything to you, and... That is the mo. Uh, that is such a feminist response, and it's such a thing, such a great thing for her to say, is because we as women, n- not only are we subjugated in this society, but all of our, all of our identity and who we are is pinned on what males think of us, right. you know, and whether they think we're beautiful and whether we smile enough, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, exactly. and, or, or, or we're, we're a wife and we're a mother and we're, we're a relationship and we're not an identity, which Tabitha King, Stephen King's wife talks about, mm-hmm. you know, um, definitely want to give her credit for that because she, it's so right. You know, uh, whenever women explain themselves, oh, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, you know, and we're not just people. And right. so she just completely throws out his rules of how he, you know, he has to, she still has to earn his favor. And she says, no, I don't have to prove myself to you. And yeah, I am more powerful than you and I am more badass than you. And boom. But she doesn't kill him. No, she doesn't. She doesn't kill him. She sends him on his way back to uh, Hala, sends I guess. Sends him back home empty-handed. Like, you're, in, you're in trouble, dude. Go deal with the consequences yep. and tell them that, that would tell them I'm coming for them or something she said. Yep. Something like that. Um, because her whole thing, and this is, again, a big twist, is that the Kree scrolls, the, it's, they're presented as the Kree, the scrolls are just these monsters that are invading the Kree homeworld. But it turns out that the scroll, the war has has really kind of ravaged, you know, the, sc- scrolls, the scrolls specifically. Society. Their their home world has is kind of destroyed basically, and then they're all scattered throughout the galaxy. So they're just trying to get this technology so they can find each other and then find a new home together. And right. and uh, I think that was an interesting reveal because it just starts out with you know, I guess in the other one, like you mentioned uh, off mic. The Kree are presented as not particularly friendly in Guardians. I mean, Ronan. Right. Then again, Ronan is is a political, you know, radical. Right. So he doesn't necessarily stand for that society as a whole. But the way that they're presented, they're presented as the heroes. When in actuality, you know, we just assume that the scrolls are the monsters because of the way they look. Right. And then the film kind of flips that on you and be like, well, okay, maybe the Kree aren't. You know, maybe they're not. Maybe they're not all heroic. There's obviously good and bad on both sides. They've both been killing each other and things like that. Right. But let's not just assume the scrolls are bad because they look like orcs or whatever. Right. Um, so the, that's why we didn't really mention Ben Mendelsohn in the main review because he is initially introduced as, I guess, Nick Fury's boss, sort mm-hmm. of the, I guess, the director of Shield before him, right. kind of something like that. And then I'm, and as soon as I, as soon as he shows up, I already having seen Ben Mendelsohn in like Rogue One and other things, I already mm-hmm. assumed like, okay, this guy's probably bad. So the fact that they revealed that oh. right in that in that moment, I was like, okay, because he whispers, like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll we'll, we'll figure his, that out. Yeah, yeah to the dead guy. Man. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was a, I thought that was maybe them kind of hedging their or or trying to one up the audience and. Um, 
ex- yeah. catching the audience, you know, showing that the audience, that they're right in step with you, that they kind of wanted you to assume he's the bad guy and like revealing it right off the bat rather than, and this is something, I, I love Wonder Woman, but this is something in that movie that doesn't really work for me is that you meet that dude, he's very mysterious, he's like an ally sort of whatever, and then at the end he turns out to be Ares and I'm like, well, yeah, I kind of figured he was Ares, that's a big actor, he's not really doing much here. Right. And that, so I was like, that's part of why I love, I love Wonder Woman, but I feel the like. process the, of elimination. Sort of. Yeah. The third act of that movie, I feel like falls a little bit flat with the with the the uh, the boss mm-hmm. battle and things like that so i'm glad that they didn't fall into that trap we're like oh the the guy who seems really sinister but we're not saying he's the bad guy surprise he, he's the he bad is. guy oh no <laughs> so, no it turns out he's a family man and he just right. wants to get back to his exactly. family and he gets some really fun moments with that like he does in, in, like he, the, his character was great yeah, i he loved he of, was a little snarky which, and and witty clever which is which is part of why i would almost want a sequel to pick up from here and just have Jude, you know, maybe it doesn't even need to be set in Earth. Now that we know her, she knows her story on Earth, she could be on the other side of the galaxy. Well, she's and going to help them, right? Find right. a place to live. So, so I mean, I'd like that to see the fallout. Like it would be the natural progression. Right. So, I'd like to see her. the fallout for, for the Jude Law. You could bring Jude Law back. You could bring Ben Mendelsohn back. You can continue that story, not on Earth, and just right. have. Nick Fury hasn't never, you know, never, maybe maybe he did see her again, maybe he didn't. It's unclear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we forget about it, I wanted to mention, too, that. You, you know, you pointed out the, the moment, the empowering moment with Jude Law, and she's like, I don't need to play by your rules, which That's is a great hard. moment, which was one of those, I, like, pump your fist in the air type things. Like, yeah. Listeners, I really wanted Get her him, to tell him to smile. Yeah. I really did. I wish she would have. <laughs> I would have written it that way. But, but she didn't tell him to smile. Oh, you know what? No, you know what? What she didn't tell him, her. He didn't tell her to smile. No, he it was didn't. that other dude. It was so just some other what she should have done that would have been even more satisfying as he should have gotten all pissed off and they're like, "No, you can't do this." Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then she should have been like, "You know, you really need to learn how to control your emotions." <laughs> exactly. That would have been good. That too. would have been a good. But yeah. I, I like. I love the uh, the subtext of the fact that the the well. I mean obviously how perfect is it that the white male that she thought was her mentor ended up being the one holding her back the whole time right. but literally um, and this is actually something they, they do in Scott Pilgrim too because in that movie the the ex that Ramona Flowers has having mm-hmm. problems get over literally goes back to him because she has a chip on the back of her head that he's inside her head oh. type of deal and so I like the subtext in this Ooh, movie that um, that the patriarchy is like literally holding her back. Yes. I thought that was really, and that feels like something, I know this movie has, I think like four or five different credited uh, screenwriters, but the fact that, yeah, okay, two, three screenwriters, uh, but of the story by credit, uh, at least three of those are women. Of the five. Wonderful. So, and that feels like something that one of those women pitched in there. And it was oh, like, yeah. It fits, mo- it fits not only the story that they're telling, but it also fits what they're trying to say with the story. Definitely. And and they keep they keep hammering it in too. You're right. you're not you're you're definitely not not letting that part go. Like maybe in some of the action scenes, but there are some subtle digs that both she and her her friend get. Right. Um, they're called little ladies. Or, oh, yeah. Oh, it's, like it's a cockpit for a reason, you know? Like, um, yeah. And, and even what you mentioned, the little Easter egg about her blasting Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know? It's... It's apparent throughout the whole movie right. that that's what this is about. This is about uh, smashing the patriarchy, right. basically. Which I, and, I, and I love that. I think that's great. I, think I that's loved it, awesome. too. I mean, we haven't had a superhero movie that has said that so explicitly. Wonder Woman, 
Wonder Woman demonstrated, and I don't want not to keep comparing them, but obviously there, that's there's all been, we have to compare. Well, all the Hello? other female yeah. led, all the other female led comic book movies have sucked, and that's not because they're led by females. That's because they're Catwoman, they're Supergirl, they're Elektra. Those are all terrible movies. Just mm. because, and by the way, they were all directed by men. Yep. You, as soon as you get a woman behind see, the camera on the, a superhero movie. The minute woman, that you see their midriff movie. and you see they're right. in a sexy latex outfit, I mean, which you and that's know not to say that, not... and that's not to say that they can't be sexy. Wonder Woman is hella sexy, and she's you know her outfit is armored, but it's also like you see a midriff and things like that sometimes. But, really, like that. but, but it's what the same, kind of warrior would not be covering true. up themselves? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's where, and right. then and then in the first Wonder Woman movie. The other Amazons had long skirts, but mm-hmm. then when they went into Justice League, they had these little tiny hey. mini skirts. Like, come on, guys, G- give it a rest, right. dudes. Right. Give they- it a rest. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> they, they, can be, ran they can over. be they can be sexy without being sexualized. I guess that's the right. point I was trying to get across. Right. Thank you, Rob. I agree with that. So Brie Larson in her little cap and her rock t-shirts, I thought it was sexy, but not sexualized. So she's not wearing a bikini like, let's go fight these aliens, right? Or whatever. Pew, pew. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I thought that was, uh, I thought that was a. Uh, I, I think it's you know we've had had a movie that said that in that way. Wonder Woman yes. demonstrated what a woman can bring to it versus a man. Which is, you know, compassion and like seeing things in a different perspective and like a different uh, mothering. Yeah, yeah mothering like that's like yeah, it's a different, a totally different energy and vibe than all mm-hmm. the than Superman and Batman. Yeah, uh, which is why I think it's funny. Also in BVS, when Superman and Batman, Wonder Woman has to come in and be like, "All right, let me help. Let me get this for you." Like right? the other two are like struggling. One of them has to die, and, and then they look and at Wonder each other like, like, "Is she with you?" No, I thought she was with she's you. She's taking over. Shit. She can't be by herself. Like she's got to be well, by your side. They didn't know her. Yeah. She wasn't involved in the story I, until then. She's just like, "I'm gonna come in here and make the story much more, much better." <laughs> and she, which is why she's she the did. highlight of that she movie. She was like too. the redeeming part of that movie yeah, for sure. Exactly. Even though it has Henry Cavill in it. That's true. Oh gosh. Um. So yeah. So. Uh, Jude Law's character, I thought he played that really well. And you know, he, you know that him, he as an actor knew that he was basically play, representing the white male patriarchy, yes. holding her back. And I, I think he he towed that line where he played villainous without really chewing the scenery in like a cheesy way. And Marvel has traditionally had a villain problem in a lot of ways, with this exception be like like Killmonger and Thanos and Loki. Like a lot of the other villains are just like Malekith, the Dark Elf, and like. This other guy that finds the Iron Man technology and wants to make a suit. And I was like, oh, man. Okay. Um, so I Can't thought... the bad guys have, like, a personality and some right. character development? Sometimes it's hard for them to, to yeah. develop the hero, the villain as much as the hero. And I don't... Not that I'm saying that Jude Law is as compelling as Carol Danvers in this, by far from it. But he fits... His character fits the thematics of this film and is the perfect... Uh, is the perfect foil for her mm-hmm. sort of ascension to power, I guess. Yeah, but we don't we don't know much about him. We don't yeah. know why he. We don't know what his motivations are. I felt like I mean maybe they maybe they come across, but I didn't. I feel like with Thanos, we really got to know right. why he felt. Oh, yeah. what he did. You know right. why he did what he did, and and whenever you have a villain of any kind in real life. We want to know what their motive is. Why did why did you go in and, and shoot up a school? I mean, mm-hmm. and I think that makes a movie more involved and it makes it deeper. And um, you, you can't have just good versus bad. It can't just be so black and white. If you if you want to, 
you want to feel for the characters and you want to have a feeling about the characters. Yeah. And like when you're talking about that dark elf guy, who gives a crap? Right. You know, we don't. I want to destroy stuff. Wait, okay. I can't. Like with Thanos, I cared about Thanos, even though. I, you know, I'm rooting for the like, other guys. Don't, don't kill half the universe, but I understand why but you feel I that way you, in a way. Man. Yeah. I I understand. Right. You know, but I didn't really, I felt like Jude Law, we might have gotten it, but not not as much as I would like to right. have well, really I, understood I think him. it's those, it's that thing that we, you know, in a lot of sci-fi movies where you have an evil organization or an evil society or whatever, like, you know, uh, I'm like uh, in the alien films, the the company, and it's always mm-hmm. like, who's the big villain other than the alien in Aliens? It's like Paul Reiser, who works for the company. You know what I mean? Right. It's like that. So I feel like as an agent of the 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 society, the planet, the the patriarchy, or whatever, I feel like Jude Law kind of embodied that well. And the fact that he is, you know, beautiful Jude Law, who ended up being the villain, and Talos, the Ben Mendelsohn scroll, ended up being more of a the heroic guy, character. Yeah. I thought that was a smart reversal because they could have easily just had Talos be the bad guy, and they're like, oh, this bad scroll, I he's the too. evil, yeah. Because we have to disconnect beauty from virtue. Right. We can't, we can't continue this, this paradigm in, in our world where... You know, you're only worthy and you're only of value if you're beautiful. And that kind of goes for men and women. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's definitely more the case for women. But for men, you know, yeah, you, you guys can be beautiful and and not have to be a womanizer because of it, you know. Um, Absolutely. So the, the fact, the thing that I hated about him the whole time and the reason why I felt like, okay, yeah, this guy's a villain is because he keeps telling her that she has to... You know, squash her emotions, mm-hmm. and I'm never for that. Instead I, of harnessing them and using right, them, right, right, yeah. right. And in some ways, I, I, I feel like feelings and emotions can be a, a benefit to yeah. you. You know, and even even when we go to work, we're we're supposed to put our emotions aside, and we're right. not supposed to bring our emotions into our work. But that's what makes us human, right. you know. And so. The, and and also that females have always been called hysterical, you know. We're, and we've always been told that that we that if we want to compete with men, that we have to put all that aside. Mm-hmm. And that's what not only makes us female, but that's what makes us great. Right. You know, is that we do have a little bit more of that right-brained energy. Our social, or the social aspects of our brain are a little bit more developed than men. You know. Right. And. We shouldn't be told that that's a disadvantage in any way. Yeah, I agree. And so I hated him from the very beginning. So, but and even the, though he wasn't the bad guy at that point, and the fact that he he's evil underscores that point. If he had ended up being a, a heroic character, that would have that would have uh, you know right. that, that would have played into that and been saying, been backing up his points as as valid as opposed mm-hmm. to debunking them. And you right. see that kind of thing that you were saying with emotions all the time, not only in society but like. I'm thinking specifically of politics. You see, and we're not going to talk mm-hmm. about the other guy, but for on the on the Democratic side, you see every time there's a woman who's like, "I'm going to run for president," people are ripping her apart, being like, "Oh, Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, right. you know, uh, whoever." I'm like blanking now. Um, they're like, "Oh, not they're not worthy of this or whatever." I'm like, "Why? Like, for what purpose? They're not why because, because they it's have a, woman. a menstrual cycle." I guess. I mean, I mean, I'm not I'm not part of that group, but it's like it feels like. 
they can never they can't do anything right in a certain extent right, so right. Uh, the fact that even though it's not women who are going in and shooting up schools and shooting up churches and and it's not women who are killed by their significant others more than you know right men are right i mean you want to talk about emotions maybe deal with your rage you know maybe deal with those kinds of emotions that the violent kind right. that that are that really do have an impact, which, a negative impact. Which is why, not to go back to this again, but one more time, uh, in Wonder Woman, he's, she's fighting the god of war, and her basically, her whole speech at the end, it's very emotional and very powerful, is that, like, the real, my real superpower was love, basically, is the end mm-hmm. of that. So it's like love versus rage versus right. war versus destruction. Hate. Yeah. Yeah, compassion hate. versus hatred. Empathy. And I, yes, Empathy. exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think Captain Marvel... Uh, embodies that as well with her the way that she kind of turns on her perception on on the uh, on the scrolls and, and is trying to help them out and trying to change the way that she was told things are to the way that she actually sees them, them being right um i know we wanted to talk about is there anything specifically other than the nick fury eye thing that we wanted to get to i guess the, the rob n- doesn't want to talk about the eye thing <laughs> the 90s the 90s <laughs> musical then i want to see what else we have to get to and then that would be like a good button thing uh the 90s music, I mean, we met, you mentioned No Doubt. I thought that the needle drop of Just a Girl, which a lot of people have said, I was just telling you off mic, is really on the nose. I actually thought it was perfect. It was perfect. I thought perfect. it was great. Perfect. They couldn't have picked a better song. It's, it's era appropriate. It's, uh, it, 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 you know, it's a very feminist sort of mm-hmm. satirical song about her being like, well, I'm just a girl, right. a little old me. And no. the whole movie, as you were saying, is about Carol Danvers being like, um, no, I'm so much more than that. And that's right. the, isn't that the moment when she really... Owns owning her powers she and she's destroyed. Yeah. Oh my god. So that was great. I thought that was one of the the best uh, musical cues that they've had in the MCU. So since, cheeky. Si- since Thor had his whole like. <laughs> yes. Which yes. again was really fitting because the immigrant song talking about Valhalla right, and everything in right, that song like right. it's perfect. Yes. Um, so is there uh, is there anything else or do we want to close it off with Nick Fury's eye? Situation. I can't think of any anything else. Okay. I, I just, I, the big my, things were the Jude Law, Ben Mendelsohn oh, stuff, which we wanted Stan to get to. Lee. Oh you God, yeah, so much. So you want to go ahead? You can talk about the thing at the very beginning. How did you think about that? And I almost it? cried. I was almost about to shed a tear there. They've changed the whole Marvel intro. You know how you see Captain America, you see all the different heroes. They changed the whole Marvel intro. To just stand, oh my gosh! All his cameos and all, all the twenty movies and or everything, and then in the end they say thank you, Stan. And I was, I, the movie hadn't even started yet, and I was I know, almost crying. I know, I know. And then he was in it too. I know. He has one for this, and then he has one for Endgame, and I think that might be it. I don't know if he Ugh. has one for Far From Home for Spider Man. Um, I hope that they they'll like CGI him into all the other or like they on the something. on the Netflix shows there's like uh, in the police station there's like a photo of him in the back yeah so I, I'm sure they'll do something like that somewhere I hope so um, he's got to he's got to be in them it, it's, all of them in a way in, some way in a way I mean it's really it's really obviously tragic that he passed away but one one he was 90, 91, right 92, so he lived a really full yeah. life and also <laughs> secondly secondly he got to see these characters that he helped create 
become the biggest film franchise, the biggest fulfillment of, yeah. of everything who, who he can ever say dreamed. That? Who can no, say very that? few people. He's like, oh, how about this guy? We call him, I don't know, Spider-Man. And, and Spider-Man, which was obviously the poster boy for Marvel in the early days, and even more so, like, I, you know, even Marvel has themselves have said that Spider-Man's basically their Mickey Mouse. He's their mm. mascot. He's their one, like, Zoe doesn't know who any of these characters are, but Zoe knows but who knows Spider-Man, Spider-Man is. Yeah. We yeah. saw the, Into the Spider-Verse in theater, so she's like, Spider-Man, she's got a shirt with Marvel heroes. The only one she can name is Spider-Man. Um, and that all started with, all that stuff started with Stan Lee to the point where now there's this interconnected universe making billions of dollars where everyone on the planet yeah. knows who Guardians of the Galaxy are, let alone Spider-Man. I highly doubt that he could move on to the afterlife and not be satisfied with right. what he what he's accomplished. Right. And I mean, the, so the, the way impossible. that the fact that he passed away and it says thank you, Stan, and it goes into a movie literally named Captain Marvel feels right? really fitting in a lot oh, of ways. And then so his beautiful. cameo in the movie. So uh, in the trailer, there's that scene where she's on the train and she sees the old lady and she punches the old lady. And we're like, well, I really hope that's a scroll because the first trailer you see that <laughs> you don't see the lady as a scroll. You just They're see trying the... to hold her back. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, they say what? You know, you see a old. But woman the old lady was up. kicking ass. What? I mean, why would this? Like I would Marvel be more concerned about this crazy old lady flipping around the the subway rails and stuff. I know, seriously. Um, but he's there. So he's in there, and not only is he in there making his cameo, he's on the train uh, reading the Mallrats script. Yeah, I mean, like oh, duh, huh, true believers, like rehearsing, practicing one of his lines for Mallrats, which because it's 1985 is so perfect. And I, as a person who's a fan of Marvel. And a fan of of the the, the MCU, obviously, and a Kevin Smith fan. Kevin I was Smith. just like, oh my god, Kevin Smith is gonna lose his fucking mind. He probably did, and Kevin Smith almost died too. He did. So everything that he does now, and and I like him on Facebook, so I see a lot of his posts. He's constantly referencing this heart attack that he had and how you know how it's changed his yeah, life. It really changes your perspective and on things, I would imagine. It certainly does, and wow, he, yeah. I, I I'm sure he probably like threw a fit about how and, and amazing I, that was. I, I love I love Kevin Smith. I mean, his movies are kind of hit and miss depending on what you're into. Um, I think you know the last couple were experimental, mm. weird and inter- weird and interesting, I didn't see but not the, really the, wall, the, the walrus the one. Walrus Tusk. One. I, I think it's on Tusk. Netflix. That's it's what it really is. strange. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, he, he's just in that place where he's just like, that's a crazy idea. Yeah, sure. Let's make that. Yeah. Um, but he has such passion for comic books and for pop culture. He so does. And he's such a, he has such a positive energy to him. Like you hear him on his podcast and stuff. And I know it's cause yeah, he knows people and whatever, but he doesn't ever really, he never tries to rip things out, rip things apart. Even if he doesn't like something, like he'll say what he does mm-hmm. like about it. He's very, um, I don't know. He's got a, he's got a great. He's got a great energy to him. Yeah. And, and in his reboot, he, his his reboot that he's doing, Brody, one of his characters in Mallrats, owns a comic book store in the mall. Right. And they have a picture. They have some kind of picture, some kind of artifact of Stan Lee, and you're not allowed to touch it, and it's not for sale. And nice. it's just like a shrine to Stan. That's awesome. So as much as he loves Stan Lee, yeah, I'm sure that, that might be like one of the highlights of his career to have his... His mall rats. Stan Lee's in. MCU cameo being, yeah, yeah that. Wow. Um, so I guess to close it off, do we want to talk about Nick Fury's thing? So he gets attacked <laughs> by uh, the scroll pretending to be Coulson in the car, and he's like mm-hmm. bleeding from his eye, and they're like, are you okay? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine, no problem. And then you're like, oh, man, I thought he was going to lose his eye there for a second. So he ends up losing his eye because the, the whatever the... What's the flurkin. It was the called flurkin, a flurkin. Which, 
Spoilers, Goose the Cat is uh, is an yes. alien, which I thought that re- that reveal with, with the tentacles was really funny. Um, yeah. Scratches his eye, and I don't know. I, I mean, I'm assuming if a normal human cat, if a normal, not human, but if a normal regular cat scratches your eye in the wrong way, I could assume they could damage your eye, right? Yeah. So, not to the point where you would lose I it, though. Guess. He, well, I guess. He understand. says, he says, oh, it's just a cat scratch. And then the guys in the back of the, the ship, the scroll guys, are like, oh, no. You, did you, do you remember that part? Oh, they yeah. They were like, oh, That's no. Right. They were like, no, no, no. This That's is going to be, be bad. bad. Right. It's going to infect and it so, or something. But I would like to know all those technical details. Well, why, Captain why? Marvel, too. We can find out. Let's hope so. The mystery of Let's Nick Fury's so. eye. So... Uh, I think a lot of people are going to be annoyed by the fact that Nick Fury loses his eye by a cat scratch. I think it's perfect. I think it's funny, and if you're you know if you're gonna if you're going for like the the shock value of something being silly, I, it doesn't bother me one way or another. I guess is what my my thing is. I'm like, eh, it would have kind of been cooler if it was something more interesting, but whatever, that's fine. They wanted to have. I their thought little it was gag. perfect because Nick Fury just comes across as like such a badass but boss man. The one you element, know? the element that I that I did love. Is that he used that to be like, and Coulson being like, is it true that because you took a blast and thing or whatever? And like, right. Nick Fury's already trying to like build He's his already image. Building that persona. He's already, yeah, I right. love that. That right. was great. So That's I that why was I think it's great because it's, it it's a little secret. It's yeah. a little secret and it humanizes Nick Fury. I think so. You know, too. the fact that he had such this relationship with this little cat was so cute. And it's definitely not what people would expect. The not whole, at the all. whole like the Nick Fury cat thing. Not at uh, all. As I mentioned on the main. My main conversation, he like sings, oh, it's a postman mm-hmm. for that. Uh, and the whole like mythologizing himself to make himself seem even more badass than he already yes. is. I think that was really fun uh, to see a different side of him. So anything else to add? I think we're good. No, I think we gave enough spoilers yeah. away there. Cool. So there you pretty go. That's the whole movie. <laughs> that's our, well, pretty much. Well, that's what we're, that's our job to cover. So uh, that's that's our spoiler conversation. So if you haven't seen Captain Marvel, you just ruined it for yourself. But if you have seen it, go see it again because I'm gonna go see it uh, this on opening weekend. We saw the press screening Monday before release, and uh, then I'm gonna go see it with Kai over the weekend. So uh, there you go. Definitely go Do check it. it out. Support your support your local Marvel heroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't make enough money already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially with Disney behind them. If you're interested in joining me on the show to chat about one of your favorite films, head on over to crookedtable.com slash guest. Or you can consider supporting the show at patreon.com slash crookedtable. Of course, you can always find more podcasts, reviews, videos, and other movie-related goodies over at crookedtable.com. Until next time, this has been the Crooked Table Podcast, and I've been Rob. This has been a production of crookedtable.com. All rights reserved. That's the yard of the little KED. Thank <laughs> you.